Well, the music, of course, as always, uh, indicates Philip Malloy is in the studio to talk movies. And um, one of the great masculine actors of uh, television, uh, sorry, movie history, would have been, of course, uh, the great Kirk. Douglas, uh, and there was, and, and even in his old age with Burt Lancaster, when they played aging criminals, they exuded testosterone. Tough guys, wasn't it called? Tough, Tough guys. guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they exuded testosterone. I I never thought son of Kirk Michael was quite in the same masculine class as his old man. No, but he feels that uh, there's a problem with masculinity in well, the cinema. Yeah, well, okay. First of all, he, he when he started out in Streets of San Francisco, he was very boyish looking with yes, Carol Malvin, he was. wasn't he? Yeah, he didn't strike you as this kind of great sort of masculine figure. But one of the things that he did was uh, he t- he played throughout a whole uh, range of movies. He played these kind of flawed heroes and. Uh, uh, r- r- leading up eventually to Gordon Gecko in um, in Wall Street, where, yeah, you know, and uh, so he, he, okay, he had that, he had that edge, he had that side sort of going for him uh, all the time. What he's complained about now is he's been out uh, doing publicity for a new movie called Ant Man, um, uh, in, in which he co-stars with Paul Rudd, and he says that um, uh, that the modern crop of American actors and especially Hollywood actors aren't masculine enough. enough. And he, he says that in comparison, the British and especially the Aussies are, are, are much more um, manly. All right. We, we probably have to be careful and yeah. be politically correct. Okay, but right. he, <laughs> is, he is not actually referring like to their sexuality no, no. because the most interesting thing in terms of sexuality because of course it was uh, at the time we didn't know that Rock Hudson was gay for no. instance yes yeah. he was one of the most no, but he's, uh, you're right he's not talking about that no I know no, he's not but, he's not but, talking but about Hudson being gay or anything, that's right yeah. but Hudson Rock Hudson was one of the most masculine yeah. uh, film actors of his era yeah you yeah, know and he played all kinds of roles including sort of light comedies but right across the board to West the yeah. Last Sunset, for instance, with Kirk Douglas yeah. and uh, all kinds of other action movies. I just saw him this week, by the way, before we get to Tough Australians. <laughs> yeah. James Stewart, uh, Anthony Mann, uh, up in Alaska, or no, Seattle, yeah. and they're, he's getting provision. Bend of the River. Bend of the River. And Rock Hudson was a Bend of the River. Runner, actually, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Rock Hudson was under contract at that stage to American Universal International, and Universal International yeah. made that movie. That's that right. So I was watching that during the week. Yeah, very excellent. Now, okay. So, so, so but anyway, uh, if you want to mention the uh, Aussies that he's talking about, well, well, he, he, says, he says that Hugh Jackman, he describes. Hugh Jackman and the the Hemsworth brothers. There's three brothers, uh, Hemsworths uh, from Australia, who actually started out. George, all these guys actually started out on soap operas like Neighbours in Australia, and uh, the Hemsworths. Um, one of them, uh, I think it's Chris. Is it is. No, it's Liam, I think it is. One of them, anyway, is in the Hunger Games um, movies. The other Liam is, is in the Hunger Hunger Games, Games. and uh, the, then one of them is in as uh, Thor plays Thor. Um, and the, they're very, those two in particular but, are very, oh, very successful. Hold a while now. Yeah. I mean, I think Douglas is full of rubbish, really. Mm, mm. You know. Uh, now, I, I accept that Douglas's knowledge of uh, the 21st century cinema is better than mine, mm. but, I mean, uh, 
are British or Australian actors, well, in your opinion? Yeah, well, okay, expert, okay, okay, not well, me. Okay, well, he he's claiming, and I would go along with this that uh, that the, the English ones in particular are better trained. And the English ones, they don't, obviously, the, the, the likes of the Cumberbatches and those kind of guys, the, the Tom Hiddlestons, they don't mind working on TV, working on the stage and working in... But he's talking about masculinity. But I know, but George, if you actually, if you if you think of the part that Tom Hiddleston played, um, Loki, the part that he played in the Thor movies, um, he's a real vintage villain. He's an out there okay. sort of villain, right. and okay. and he expresses his uh, his his virility, I think, in the way he plays the villain. And uh, so there's lots of others like that as well. They don't have to have big sort of. They don't have to be big, muscly sort of. Oh figures. no, but yeah. but I mean you. I I mean, and, but in terms of different eras, mm. you never had any doubt, but that Sean Connery mm. uh, was. Uh, oh, absolutely. The, the, you know, wasn't yeah, he? Your yeah, archetypal. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's why he retained his sexual uh, appeal yeah. uh, way into his 70s. One of the things he's saying, one of the things that Douglas yeah. is saying is that uh, he's claiming that the American actors are over obsessed with their image and aren't masculine enough for most film roles. And he says that that's why the Australians and the British are taking it. In the US, we have this relatively asexual or unisex area of sensitive young men. And we don't have enough Channing Tatums or Chris Pratt's. No, and in a way, now, I'm just suddenly thinking about it. Like, like I only watch Friends because I had to, because my son used to watch it. But but like a lot of those guys, when your man converted, the fellow from Friends, when he converted uh, to to the... the, the, um, the parachute series, mm. right mm. by by Spielberg and mm. and so on. He, he, Damien Williams, in terms of masculinity, was light years ahead of him. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you know who we're talking about the Friends fella? Yeah, I do I? Yeah. I know you're. Talking All right. About. Okay. Now you mentioned Douglas is doing Ant Man. That's released now, is it? Okay. It's uh, it's out this weekend and. Um Okay, it's another uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, Ant-Man apparently first appeared in Marvel Comics in 1962. And one of the things about this, of all of the Marvel movies that we've seen so far, this one is probably um, the most conventional, George, and the most kind of uh, of its period uh, and of the late 50s and early 60s. And it's about um, this, uh, this scientist, a fellow called Hank Pym, who, by the way, is played by Michael Douglas. And he develops this... Uh, this uniform, this outfit, uh, and when you put on the outfit, uh, you actually be- you, you become smaller. You become in- you become this kind of miniature figure, but your strength grows. And the whole point is to uh, is to protect and look after this uniform, whereas various people All want right. it. Okay. And it's it's um, I I don't think it's particularly good. One of the things I was looking this up by the way. One of the things that's happening is between now and 2020, there'll be 16 more Marvel superhero movies. And at the same time, then uh, what's happening is DC Comics have um, uh, linked up with Warner Brothers and they're doing the Batman, the, the Superman, the Wonder yeah. Woman. Uh, so you're going to have... This says this. more about the audience than the filmmakers. No, no, it does, yeah. yeah. And I, one of our colleagues here um, you know, was telling me that he was at... Uh, 
uh, well, Terminator Genesis recently and okay he was going to see this kind of uh, superhero movie and before it he looked at uh, trailers for four other superhero movies ah, right. you know now speaking of superheroes Ben Affleck is in the business is he one of, one of the yes one of the things that happened here was uh, Ben Affleck okay there's a movie called Batman vs Superman The Dawn of Justice and uh, Ben Affleck was uh, asked to play opposite Henry Cavill as Superman. He was asked to play an aging uh, Batman. And uh, they thought that the, the, the whole point here was to launch uh, these this group of superheroes for DC Comics and for Warner Brothers. But what has happened now is they've offered Affleck a standalone Batman. So uh, we're talking about... Um, we're talking about Affleck, who's I think he's about forty-five now, playing Batman. Uh, I wouldn't if you if you had asked me who would be taken over um, after Christian Bale as Batman. I certainly wouldn't have said Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. All yeah. right, you know? okay. Oh, do you know what I was watching mm. uh, over breakfast? <laughs> You know, I was watching what? over breakfast, what? over my over my uh, uh, cornflakes. Uh, I was watching Witness again. Oh yeah. He, like he was very young. I suddenly realised how young Harrison Ford was. Yeah, but he, he okay, he was tall. He was virile enough, even though he yeah. was boyish looking. Um, I saw him in what I think is the best of the, the Jack Ryan movies recently, Clear and Present Danger. Did you oh, see yeah. that? Yeah. I saw him in that. But the interesting thing, I was looking it up, the kid... is now in his 40s. Oh, he is, yeah. Yeah, the kid's in yeah. his 40s, yeah. Lucas has. yeah. Kelly McGillis has got married for the third time to a lady, right? So whatever stage she's in America allows that kind of marriage. And then... Actually, it was her birthday yesterday. Was it? Yeah. And then the fella who uh, played the Mormon who fancied her... Yeah. Uh, no, not the Mormon, the, the, the Amish. Uh, good enough, yeah. because he was a ballad dancer. He was, yeah. He yeah. died at 42. Blonde, I thought it was amazing stuff I learned. Striking blonde. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and he was in Die Hard, remember? He was. He was. Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't play villains anymore, he said. After that. Yeah, and uh, his career went down the toilet. I see. Now, I have told you a million times, and you've ne- you've kind of only half agreed. Yeah, what is it? Why remake a good movie? Oh, Jesus. Oh, stop. And now, now, uh, you're telling me they're going to remake no, well, The Birds, yeah. and you're telling me they're going to remake La Dolce Vita. Yeah. And How? You, no, Why? Well, what? okay, t- just think about La Dolce Vita, first of all. Okay, right. it's a Fellini movie, and very much a Fellini movie, okay? Yes. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of life, it's Rome in the early 60s, but looked at very much from the perspective, the individual perspective of this great filmmaker. And, uh, and, and, and his personality comes through in the movie. No reason in the world to remake it. But it was announced yesterday that the Fellini estate has allowed the remake and they're going ahead with it. And the second thing is they've announced a director for um, a remake of The Birds. Now, The Birds, some people mightn't consider it uh, to be the very best of Hitchcock, but it is Hitchcock. And uh, again, it's, it was, it's a movie told from a very sort of individual perspective. I was just thinking about this. The only sort of justification I think that you could give for remaking The Birds is that modern technology, that is that with modern technology, with CGI and so on, you might be able to do, do more you, with yeah. The Birds. Do you remember the house where Suzanne Plachet comes out yeah. and she walks down the hill and all the birds are on, uh, on the electric wires? Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, gee, that was, I've, I drove that was down that was. with Popey down the coast to see that house. 
So I actually... Where is it? Is it north of San Francisco or something? Yeah, where is it now? I, yeah. I did a I did a, a travel thing for RT with Popey. Oh, and it? we drove down in... Uh, is that, was that been brought, it was broadcast? Oh, right? yeah, yeah, ages yeah, ago. Yeah. And we, we drove down in a VW Beetle but uh, a convertible. So the top was down. So they had this, you know, I'd never seen it before. They strapped the camera onto the bonnet of the car mm. and we're driving along oh, and yeah. talking like that. <laughs> yeah. So I felt... And this was all sort of a coastal drive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah coastal. Yeah. I forget yeah. the name of the coast now. Mm. And then we came to this house and we, we did it. Now, I'm interested in this because mm. I'm a fan of Hollywood musicals yeah. and you want to talk about La La Land. It's called La... Okay, it's called La La Land. One of the things, first things about it, by the way, is um, is that, okay, it'll star Ryan Gosling um, uh, and it's, and okay, it's about this musician, a jazz musician who goes to Los Angeles and he becomes involved in a relationship with um, an aspiring actress and it's, and it, it, one of them becomes more, so yeah, that old line, George, one of them, and you know where it comes from, one of them becomes more successful than the other and that begins to then kind of fray away at the relationship. All right. So you're talking about stars born type sort of. Uh, yeah, but, but the interesting thing, you're right about stars born, no? Yeah. Of course. But the other thing is, there are tons of real life examples in Hollywood yeah. of marriages have broke up because one was more, more successful. Than the, than I remember the Richard uh, Benjamin. Do you remember him? I do. Uh, I mean, he, he was quoted as saying, it's pretty rough when the phone rings and it's always for your wife. And his wife was? Paul Apprentice. Paul Apprentice. And he was right, though. <laughs> she was a more talented individual than he was, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he was, okay, for, uh, what's happening anyway is that Goslin is making this movie. Gos, Goslin, uh, um, who is a former, by the way, he's a former um, Disney um, child star and he is a, a musician and he has a band and he's been in a band so he knows where he's, what, he, what he's about. Okay. But one of the things, he, his directorial debut made it last year with a film called Lost River and it was pretty much a disaster. So what he's doing at the moment is he has a stack of things, uh, projects uh, pending and, and this is one of them. To get his career up to, and Absolutely, to get, to get back on, on now, track. Now listen, you you agree with me. We're not going to remake La Dolce Vita. We're no. not going to remake The Birds. And then, in the same afternoon, you have mm. the cheek to come in and suggest that they're going to revive Kojak. <laughs> How do you do another well, I Kojak? I, I, I don't know. Okay, one, the, one of the reasons, uh, there's an actor called Vin Diesel, and Vin Diesel uh, has made the, the, the Fast and Furious movies. Now, George, I can't understand it, but these have been enormously successful. The last one is Vin taken, Diesel is a bit like your man, the kind of martial arts kind of actor yeah, fella, is he? Yeah, isn't yeah. he one? I forget the, yeah, the other fella's yeah, yeah, name. He's like that. John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Well, he's like him, isn't well, he? Well, he's a bit like him, except that Vin Diesel No, I don't bald. mean looks like him, yeah. but he's he's a kind of similar kind of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he doesn't have much to him, I have to say. That's right. And uh, he, he's bald, so I suppose he's like Telly Savalas in that regard. And uh, he, uh, he he has he has a huge respect, and he loves apparently Kojak. And so what they're doing is they've had two of the ex Bond writers working on it, and now they've a new uh, writer working on a script. But the, the plan anyway is that it looks like with Universal at the moment because of his enormous success with the Fast and Furious movies, he can do anything. They'll give him anything, anything that he wants, and this is one of the things that they're giving him. And uh, okay, they'll do it um, as as a movie first. And uh, the intention, I think, is to continue it um, as a movie. But obviously, the first one has to have some kind but, of but success. Like, 
is there no imagination? Is there not somebody in these writers in Hollywood? Yeah, can they I'm, not write a new movie? Yeah, I mean, it, you used here the kind of the saying that if it works, do it again. I mean, that was that yeah. was always the old sort of Hollywood saying. But they're gone mad with it now, absolutely daft with it. And uh, the thing about Kojak is ran for five years, I think it was, um, mm. on, on CBS. Um, Savalas, uh, apparently at that time, that was the time when uh, the Surgeon General had introduced um, 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 sort of warnings, packs, what, yeah. War, yeah, warnings on cigarettes and all that kind of stuff. And at the beginning, um, Savalas was playing this cop who was trying to give up cigarettes. And that's where the lollipops uh, actually came from. Oh, I see. You know, and, uh, what was the name of his assistant? Can you remember? Crocker. Oh, Crocker. Yeah. Yeah. Crocker. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Crocker. super, though. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Especially, and it actually started off, um, do you know this Miranda thing? You know, you're, when they Miranda. Yeah, when okay. you tell them okay. you, you can get yeah, a lawyer yeah, yeah. if you want well, to. Well, so apparently on. the first, uh, the pilot uh, for the show was called the Marcus Nelson Murders. Yes. And that was about, that's the, in- right. that was about the introduction of Miranda. All right, the Marcus Nelson. You're absolutely right. You're an extraordinary <laughs> fund of information. But but there is another thing though mm. that like I don't know what night Kojak was in, but you made a special effort to get home for it. Or mm. particularly I think the most famous one that we always made an effort for was Dallas. We were always trying to get home yeah. for Dallas. And that was eleven or twelve seasons. So yeah. That was a huge yeah. success. And then Terry Wogan the following morning and yeah. we'll be talking well, he was about better, it. he was better than the show. <laughs> yeah. So but the Poison now, Dwarf, wasn't but that even? That's right. Yeah. But now that you can you can uh, tape it and record it and get a box set and get all this, there's not the same incentive like so it's a different audience no no it is it is yeah uh, and, and all this is of, a film rather than a series yeah um i mean i i don't i'm not sure how they could make it work as a film and uh, they're saying that it will be gritty uh be gritty sort of series that it will bring in sort of police politics and all this kind of stuff uh, um, into it well, but we'll wait and see oh listen speaking of the other one i used to stay uh, come in for was cagney and lacy mm. i had the hots for the blonde one what oh, sharon Glass. Glass, that was her name. There were, a lot, there were a lot of women you had. <laughs> she was married to quite an older man. He was yeah. a film director he was, or producer. He was, producer. he was actually the producer on the series. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so it was a help that she was his wife, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, used to, I used to love the great sort of saxophone um, uh, uh, team music and that. Oh, it was a wonderful team. Wasn't it? It was a great. Yeah, we should ask. Yeah, we should ask Alex, uh, mm. who, who masterminds this program, yeah. to actually get the team from uh, uh, Cagney and Lacey to play us out. Finally, Richard Gere was was begging on the streets or something. What's this yeah, all about? Yeah, well, um, okay, he's he's playing this uh, movie in which he plays. Um, uh, he's, he's making this movie in which he plays a homeless man and uh, uh, as part of the preparation one of the things he did was he stood near a Starbucks at a place called Astor Street in New York and over a period of three quarters of an hour apparently he got two and a half dollars all right okay, okay. and he was there with his, his baseball his battered sort of baseball cap uh, and a cup 
and he said that people looked through him and they looked apart from him and nobody recognised him. He's 65 years of age now. He's very grey, um, but nobody uh, recognised him and that, that's that's all he got. All right. Okay, I might try that one night. Yeah, and yeah, see yeah, how good I research. Do. Yeah, I'll try it by the ATM machine around the corner <laughs> and yeah. see how I do. Well, uh, it's movies and television with uh, Philip Malloy. The producer this evening was Ima Roche and, of course, Joe Coffey and the aforesaid Alex Russo kept the whole show on the road. So we're going to go out now with that uh, theme song from Cagney and Lacey. Good night and goodbye. Talk to you tomorrow.